We saw how the Chacham explains the, the attention to detail of the Torah, and therefore we understand from that the importance that the Torah gives to exactly how mitzvah is done. Now, to sum up this first part of the argument, so to speak, of where we've gone so far, this is really what the Khazari, the king, wanted to know. The king wanted to know that he, he had the right motivation. He wanted to connect somehow or serve the Almighty as he understood it. He didn't know how to do it. He thought it was something which was arbitrary, and therefore he chose whatever method he had how to serve. And when he was told that was wrong, so then he was looking for the proof of what the true way of serving Hashem is. And this he finds by the Chacham. And that is the specific attention to detail we find in the Torah that we spoke about that shows that Avodah Hashem isn't something which is left up to a person's good intentions or a person's uh, feeling. It's up to following an exact, so to speak, list of instructions how Hashem gives it. So the Kuzari is convinced. He only has one more question. And we have to see the Iskuf in the first Maimar. And the king says to the Chacham like this, Amar Kuzari. Based on what you said, a person has a certain confidence to accept the Torah without any expectations, without any doubts. Why? Because what happens? A prophet comes to slaves who are oppressed, to persecuted. He tells them in advance that he's going to take them out of slavery. Exactly when he was going to, he said when he was going to take the mat. And it didn't get delayed. Right? When Hashem told Moshe, they're going to come out on the 15th of Nisan and Pesach. That's exactly what happened. Not only that, he also promised them, He said he was going to bring them into Eretz Yisrael, which was then populated by seven different nations, all of whom were stronger than Klai Yisrael. So it wasn't taken for granted that it would happen. He also foretold each Shavit exactly what part of Eretz Yisrael they would get. And it all happened in a relatively short space of time. The same people who were promised the, these miracles lived most of them to experience it. Right? In other words, the idea of, of splitting up Eretz Yisrael into this and Shvatim was given to the nation before they came into Israel, and within a few years, seven years, they conquered Israel, and all the all the promises came true, and it didn't happen naturally. It happened with Mason Gedolim. If that's the case, is there a Amis Gedolas Hashelach or Chayda Shelach or Gedol Malas Amis Shelach Levadim Shelach? In other words, says of Kazari, I understand fully why Klai Israel accepted the Torah, why they understood that this was for sure a revelation, which was uh, undoubtedly true. It had been predicted exactly what happened. It was, wasn't a natural circumstance which could have, such thing could have happened in. And uh, they saw themselves how whatever Hashem promised them was fulfilled. But here comes the Kuzari's argument. He said that all applies to the nation who it was promised to. So the fact that the Jewish people were at kept the Torah, well, that's understandable. They were the ones taken out of Egypt. They were the ones who were the beneficiaries of all the goodness that Hashem gave them. So it makes sense that they were indebted and they had to keep the Torah. But now he comes to his argument. Based on 
But if I would say that the message was given to perfect the whole world, and and the master half the world never found out about it, then there would be something missing in the job. If, a, if, a, if a, there was meant to be, a, so to speak, a certain message given to the entire universe, and it never spread that far, most people never found out about it, so then the messenger didn't do a job. He didn't do his job properly. Everyone's meant to know about this. Because Hashem's intention in sending him was to proclaim the emuna, so to speak, or let's say the belief in Hashem as the only God to the whole world, and Moshe never did that. Moshe, so to speak, brought Klai Yisrael to exactly where he told them he'd bring them. He taught them the Torah and everything, but it didn't go beyond that. How do you know it was supposed to go beyond that? We're going to see. And not only that, it was impossible for his shliach to, the, the job to be successful because the Torah was written in Ivri, which is Lashon HaKadosh. And if that's the case, it would be a difficulty and a lot of, a, very burdensome for the other nations. For example, Shva. We don't know exactly where Shva is. It's some African nation. Vahaydu is India. Vakuzar, that was his own country, where he was in Asia Minor. The Torah is written in a language you don't understand. No one came to tell us about it. So now you've made it very difficult for everybody else. In other words, for Klai Yisrael, that for them, you've shown it to them. You've made it clear to them. You've explained it to them. You've brought them to where you wanted them to you want to, we wanted them to be, and you, you, with miracles and with clarity that makes it undoubtable that it's understandable that Waqlai Israel accepted their money. But says the king, but you didn't do the job right, because for all the other nations, you never, you never explained to them, you never taught them, you never even wrote the Torah in a language they could understand. And then, Ela Achav Meyes Shanim, it's only hundreds of years later, Shiyukrelem Hishtanu Salem, or it happened to be that they found out about the Torah. Either by Bornitzachon, because the Jewish kings were successful and therefore they, so to speak, overtook other territories. Or Shkona, the Jews moved to live in these other countries. And therefore, what's the king's argument? The king's argument is that, you know, if the point was to, of the, that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to teach people about the Muna of Hashem, or let's give you guys a step before that, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to, the, whole, the whole world should know about him, he didn't do the job right. Even though there were miracles which the whole world were aware of, whether it was Matan Torah, whether it was Kriyas Yamsuf, or even Tzitz Mitzrayim, the whole world was aware of the miracle, but if you want to follow that up with, and therefore what do you want people to do? And therefore this is the, what Hashem expects from people, so then Hashem didn't give the Torah to the whole world. He only gave it to the Jewish people and he taught only the language that they would understand. And we don't find anyone who's trying to, so to speak, proclaim this message or spread it beyond the Jewish people themselves. And therefore his claim, the king, is that Kedah, for him, talking about himself, he says, us, the people in Kozar or India or any other faraway country, we never got told the Torah at the time. We found out about it because the Jewish people who moved into our country a long time later about what happened then. Why wasn't the Torah broadcast more clearly to everybody? Now, you must remember something. We've already answered this question right at the beginning. In fact, I would even venture to say that the king is not asking the question from Seichel because he knows the answer. 
this is right at the beginning of the discussion with the, with the Chacham. He's asking it from a point of, it's more of a let's say an emotional point. And that is now that he sees the godless of the proof of Matan Torah, of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, of how everything was shown to Klai Yisrael, so that arguments a bit like we were left out. We weren't given that clarity, we weren't given that experience, we weren't given those miracles. So we, you know, we also wanted to be shown so clearly. And we weren't. And that's basically what the Chacham, the Chacham doesn't answer him anything now that you didn't say to him before. And therefore the Chacham's response is, Amr Chacham, you're right. Moshe didn't intend the Torah to be for anybody except Klai Yisrael who spoke that language. Hashem singled out the Jewish people to be the ones that keep the Torah. And that's why he sent them Nevim to, to make them do the job. As long as there was a Shechina was with them, he sent Nevim to make sure the Jewish people keep the Torah. In other words, what the Kuzari said, yeah, 100%. Hashem didn't send the Torah to the Goyim. 100%. Hashem didn't translate it into every other language, and he had no intention to do that. Right? His point was that the Jewish people should keep the Torah, and that's who he directed the Torah for, and that's who he sent the Nevim to make sure they would do it, and that's all we need. Like the, like the Chacham explained at the beginning of the Kazari, and that is, Hashem doesn't need the entire world to keep the Torah. They had the opportunity originally, right? But they lost that opportunity. And if that's the case, so now from now on, HaKadosh Baruch is happy that he's just close for keeping the Torah. And therefore, the, the, so to speak, the spotlight is focused on Klai Yisrael and the rest of the world doesn't make a difference. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, so to speak, it's not part of Hashem's plan that the whole world should keep the Torah. So you have no union to send it to them. So now the Kuzari asks the question, why? Omar Kuzari, If the Torah is there to perfect people and to perfect the world, so wouldn't it be better if everyone got perfected? Wouldn't it be better if Hashem meant this for everybody? That once you decide this is the right way to live and this is the maximum a person could achieve, so then why not do it for everybody? Why, why are you limiting, so to speak, the Torah to one nation? So what does the Chavar Wouldn't it be better if all the animals could talk? Think of all these animals and you can't communicate with them because they can't talk to you. Wouldn't it be better if every animal would speak? You could, just, you could ask your horse what it wanted to eat, you could talk to your dog, you could discuss with the birds. It wouldn't it be much better if Hashem and every animal speak? And if that's the case, You already forgot what I told you about the fact that Hashem didn't intend everybody to be there. Not everybody was a continuation, so to speak, of what Hashem wanted from other Mauritians. <laughs> And how HaKadosh Baruch focused specifically on the person who was chosen to be special from everyone else, which is Avraham Avinu, everybody else in the world is Kaklipa, and Makabalo says, it's like the shell, it's like the unnecessary, part, so to speak, parts of the fruit which you aren't going to eat. So something over here, out of all the people in the world, HaKadosh Baruch wasn't interested in everybody. He found the, the so to speak, the, the, the focus of creation was the original Avraham Avinu and his children, until he decided from Yaakov's children they were all right, they were all worthy of being, so to speak, incorporated in what Hashem wanted people to be. Then if that's okay, they were like something which was, like I said, like more of a malach, which he gave them, that was in the Shama. And that they all wanted to achieve the merit of, of, of being the Behim. 
And most of them, it's talking about the Shvatim achieved that. Not just in that door, but in previous Tarasos, in the following Tarasos, there were many in the Vim. Why? Because of the there was a higher level, and they had more closeness to Hashem because of the Kedusha, uh, the level of Tari they lived on, and the fact that they had an interaction with other Nevim who would tra- train them, so to speak, had to be in Nevim as well. That's two questions. Yeah, and this is a tactical point. We know that the day that Moshe Rabbeinu came into Eretz Israel, so they built the Mizbeach on her Abel, and they wrote the whole, the whole Torah on the stones, like the Pasuk says, Bayer Hatev, in all 70 languages. So the Torah had been translated into all 70 languages. The question was, who got to see that? Who got to see it? So the Gemara says uh, that, uh, that there were people who came, missionaries from each nation, to record. right? What, what, so they had already then uh, a copy, so to speak, in their language of the Torah. That's according to one opinion of the Gemara. According to the other opinion of the Gemara, it was there for Klai Yisrael. Okay, uh, but uh, they didn't, it wasn't exhibited to all the, all the almost of the world. And therefore, in the Khanami, they had translated the Torah, but it wasn't, uh, so to speak, available for everyone else to see. Even if it had been the case, that originally, right, the Torah had been available, so to speak, for any other Ummah to read in, in their native tongue, because it had been translated into 70 languages, that's not the main thrust of the Khazari's argument. The main point of his argument is, we see that Hashem made no effort, so to speak, to try and uh, incorporate the Goyim in the Torah. He didn't send them to Nevi'im, he didn't warn them, he didn't threaten them, he didn't offer them miracles. He left them out. And therefore he says, and the way he understands it, is if you're trying to perfect the world, so there's something missing. You, you like, stop halfway. You deal with the Klai Yisrael until you ended it. And this is what the Chachamza answer was here, as he said previously, and there is Hashem without Inyan in perfecting everybody else. That he was happy to focus on the Jewish people only. And it's, this is all this is all before. But I want to discuss a little bit of a deeper underlying discussion, disagreement, or at least point of perspective between the way the Khazari understood it and the way the Chacham understands it. And that is like this. Let's explain the Khazari's point of view first. The Khazari's point of view is that being as the there's a certain being as let's say see the Nisim that they saw, they understand this is the MS. And if that's the case, there's a certain opposition to that MS by the fact that all the other nations in the world aren't accepting it. If that's the case, if you have a way to bring everybody to recognize that, then that's what you should do. If you have a way to bring everybody to that understanding, that's what you should do. Right? If you, if you can guide it thing so clearly to the whole world that everybody would accept Tashkadosh Baruch that everyone would do the right thing, so then why not go the whole way? In other words, if you're going to say, let's say, if we'd ask the question to ourselves, why didn't other religions... Uh, take over the whole world. The answer is going to be because they couldn't. They tried. Right? Whether it's the Christians or the Muslims or anybody else, they tried as much as they could to expand the sphere of their influence, to extend their religion as far as they could, you know, as far as they were successful in battle or however many father managed to bring it to. But they were successful completely because Hashem didn't give them that Hatzlacha. But if you're going to talk about now, we're starting from the point that Hashem does Nisim. We're starting from the understanding that everything, Hashem could do much, much more Nisim. So there's nothing stopping him. So why didn't he go the next step and bring the whole world to recognize Hashem? That's a Ghazari's argument. In other words, if, if, that, if there would be a benefit in doing that, so what's stopping Hashem doing it? And that's when he says, there's something missing, Kilo, in the Shlichus. There's something missing that, uh, if, that uh, you, if by other religions, 
you're going to say they weren't able to, they weren't all powerful. So they couldn't. But if you're going to say Akash for sure is all powerful, so let's go with that. So then why doesn't Hashem do it? Why doesn't He bring everybody to, to be Maku, to be Maku Demona? That's a good question. That's a good question because this is what's going to be the Asid Lava. What's going to be the Asid Lava. And this is not in one pasuk, in tens of pasukim. Az efer chaskala amim kulam nikra b'shem Hashem. At v'halchu goyim rabim noerich. V'amru l'chu v'nayle l'beis Hashem. Ki mitziyan v'yareinu midrachov. V'nilman v'chaisov. Ki mitziyan t'ayisit t'ayit v'arashem yashalayim. V'hay Hashem l'melech al-kol ha-aretz. I'm just quoting from all different of you. V'hay Hashem l'melech al-kol ha-aretz. V'hay Hashem l'chodesh ma'echod. So we know this is what's going to happen. Yes, there will be this revelation. And the whole world will come to recognize Hashem. That's the end point. And if that's the case, then you see that Hashem does have an Indian in doing that. Why? Because that's where the world's going to go to. So what stopped him doing it then? If now is a generation that this is what's happening. Mitzrayim, Yamsuf, Matantara, Eretz Yisrael, Nisim, Yisrael. So go the, go the whole way. Bring everybody there now. What's stopping you? What's stopping you? Nothing's stopping Hashem. So why didn't you do that? And therefore you understand that certain depth what the Kizari is saying. He's not just asking that it's not fair. That based on the understanding that there's a Maile in the whole world recognizing the Amos, so why didn't Hashem enforce that? He's going to do it. I mean, the Kazari doesn't know this yet. I'm saying, we, I'm just making the question a stronger question. The Asi Dovah is going to do it, so why didn't he do it then? And the answer is, and this is the point which we're going to see still, what the Chacham is going to tell him. And that is, Hashem has no point in forcing the end result. In other words, Hashem has no point in making the whole world recognize him. He could do that now. You could have done it then. But there would be no point in that because the idea wasn't just that Hashem will force everybody to respect Him or the miracles will be so obvious that everybody will come to recognition. Once you do that, you destroy the point of creating a person, which is Bechira. The point of creating a person is Bechira and therefore, you have to play the balance carefully. On the one hand, you want to inspire Klai Yisrael. You want to show them without a doubt that there's still, that there's a, that the, the moon is Amos. But on the other hand, it can't be in such a way that you destroy the possibility of Bechir. And the Asid Lava is going to be like that. That's true. Because that's the Asid Lava when there isn't Bechir anymore. When there's no longer the fact of Bechir, then Hashem has no problem bringing the whole world to serve Him. He'll make it obvious. But there's no point doing that now, because as long as you, uh, there has to be a system in which Bechir runs, Hashem is not going to overpower people. And this is the important point I wanted to explain. That, that's what the Kuzari didn't yet understand. And that is, he understands, like other religions, that, on the contrary, <laughs> no one's interested in Bechir. When the Muslims ran around with their swords, trying to bring everybody to Islam, no one's interested in Bechir. They give the guy free choice, let him decide on his own. There's nothing doing. You convert, so you get killed. So if, if, you go, if the, the, the way the other religions worked was to promote religion, by all the force at our disposal, right? we're going to use everything we can to force people to accept it, there's no Bechir. To make them accept the religion. We want to promote the religion. Because that was, they held this was right, they held this is their it's, it's power, it's, it's authority, it's whatever it is. So we want to, we've got to force, enforce on everybody. And this is the important point. Hashem is no point in enforcing Yiddishkeit. Of course he could do that. But there's a major change in the mindset between every other religion, including Kivyachal and Kaisra. But when it comes to other religions, they did try and enforce it. They weren't interested in people Bechir. On the contrary, they wanted their, whatever their religion they believed in, we're going to try and make sure everyone keeps it. <coughs> Whereas by us, Hashem had no need to do that. that. That defeats the purpose of creating the world. And therefore, yes, Hashem makes it clear to us so that we have no focus, that will be clear to us. But at the same time, 
there was never an Indian in trying to enforce religion in a way which, you know, we're going to, like, as other religions did, hold people up and say, either you convert or you're done. Even when Christ had the potential to do that. We don't last night in Yeshua. Right? Even Christ had the potential to do that. We didn't force people to become Jews. Not to serve a desire, yes, that yes. That's one of the servants of Lenoyach. But do they have to convert now? If a person wants to be a Geritashev and not serve a desire but uh, remain a non Jew, that's fine. We don't force them to become Eden. Don't we have the concept of the Cheska? Not everybody else. Bechira is if they're going to be tzaddikim or rishayim. Klal Yisrael don't have the bechira not to be Klal Yisrael, and that's what the pasuk says in Yecheskel. Bechayim moshvucha em lechalechem that you're going to remain Klal Yisrael. You can't opt out of being Klal Yisrael. That's you you mechayiv yourselves by Sinai, you mechayiv yourselves by Avos Moya, wherever it was. That's the that's the that's the brist. Your bechira is a rational tzaddik that you can decide. Whereas it comes to everybody else, then, uh, then there was never a covenant with them. And if that's the case, to act in such a way which is going to force them, so to speak, to come to recognition of Hashem, is undoing the point of Bechir. And therefore Hashem doesn't have an Indian yet of bringing the whole world there. When there's no Bechir, when it gets to the time of Mashiach, then yes, it'll happen. But in the meantime, we don't, it's not something we're trying to promote. It's not something which Hashem wants to happen yet. That's the Omer we're going to see what the Chacham is going to say.